does Islam approve pedophilia? Pedophilia is the sexual act committed by adults with prepubescent children. First, I would like to make a note. Any sexual act, any sexual affair committed outside of marriage is prohibited, is forbidden, is haram in Islam. Let me repeat myself. Any sexual affair, any sexual act outside of marriage is prohibited, is forbidden, is haram in Islam. In Islamic Sharia, for two people to get married, they have to reach the age of puberty. That is the criteria for two people to come together for marriage. They have to get to the age of puberty. Now, the age of puberty for women differs. Most commonly in our society, we see women who see their menstrual, start seeing their menstrual cycle at the age of 12, some 15, 16, 17. In places like Nigeria and even America, you will see young girls who see their start seeing their menstrual cycle at the age of 10. It's normal. Even at the age of 9, it's normal. Anything below that, then it's abnormal. It needs, then the person needs medical checkup. So, age of marriage or marriage law differs, depends on the country or state. Some countries, marriage law, have 16, some 15, some 18, some 20, 21. In Nigeria, the marriage law is 18. In America, the marriage law is 16. And in some states in America, they are not 18. Why are they different? I don't know. This is their marriage law. In short, in America, there is a state called Texas. Texas is a state in America where minors <coughs> are allowed to get married. Even at the age of 14. Minors are allowed to get married at the age of 14. Why? I don't know. But you won't hear of it because it's not the Muslim state. So these laws are put down, are laws put down by human beings. But let me ask a question. If a 40-year-old man gets married to a girl of 18, following the marriage law of his country, and after some time, after some years, the law changed that the marriage law for female is 20 years old. What do you call the man? A pedophilia? But natural law. So this law change, and the girls have different time of maturity. This is due to the weather, the climate, and the environment. So in essence, Islam does not permit or approve pedophilia, but it approves early marriage. Islam does not approve pedophilia, but it approves early marriage. Hope that answered the question.
why did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam married 11 wives when the quran said you can marry only four firstly i would like to note that the prophet only married due to political and social reform he didn't marry for sexual gain or sexual pleasure the only normal marriage he had was with aisha radiyallahu anha and khadija allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah an-najm quran chapter number 53 verse number 4 in huwa illa wahyin yuha he acts not of his own will except what is revealed to him so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam only acts with what allah has commanded him now i agree in surah an-nisa quran chapter number 4 verse number 3 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say fankihu ma taba lakum min an-nisa imathna wa thalatha wa rubaa is marwum of your choice 2 3 or 4 and if you can and you feel that you can't act justly then marry only one according to this verse when this verse was revealed the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they started to divorce their wives those that have above four wives they divorce their wives and maintain the upper limit of four wives those who had intention to marry more than four changed their intention but what was the case of prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah commanded him in surah al-hadhab quran chapter number 33 verse number 52 allah said la yahillu lakan nisaa'u min ba'd he said do not take any other wife after this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam should not take any other wife in addition to the wives he had and continuation he say wala anta badala bihinna min azwajin he say and do not exchange do not replace them with all the women with all the wives walau a'jabaka husnahun even if their beauty attracts you illa ma malakat yaminu except what your right hand possesses wa kana allahu ala kulli shay'in raqib and allah is watchful over all affairs now why was this command given to the prophet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the next verse in surah al-hadab quran chapter 33 verse number 50, 53 you see وما كان لكم ان تؤذوا الرسول الله it is not appropriate for you to annoy the messenger of allah to annoy allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam wala an tankihu azwajahu min ba'dihi abada nor should you marry his wife his widows after he has departed in dhalikum kana indallahi azima for that in the sight of allah it's a great animosity so with this it is clear that the prophet's case was an exemption if he had divorced his wife they wouldn't be able to marry any other man 
to whom that be forbidden for anybody to marry the wives of the Prophet. So Allah asked the Prophet وسلم, to retain them, but he shouldn't add any other wife nor exchange them. So this is the reason why the Prophet had up to 11 wives when the Quran gave the upper limit of four. Hope that answered the question. question I have the intention of fasting thrice every month as the Prophet وسلم, prescribed but I can't fast on three consecutive days without break will I have the reward of this three white fasting even if I do the fasting with some days break now the three white fasting which refers to the 13 14 and 15th of every lunar calendar which might not be the same with the Gregorian calendar. It is referred to as white fasting because of it is it comes when the when, when the full moon appears and when its reflection is at its maximum. Now this fasting is recommended sunnah of the Prophet. Amr bin As Abdullah bin Amr bin as he said that the Prophet said to him, It is recommended for you to fast three days in every month, for every good deed is multiplied is multiplied by ten. And by so it will be as if you fast the whole year. If you fast three days every month, and every good deed is multiplied by ten, to be as if you fast the whole year. So, this fasting is recommended and it was advised by the prophets who were recommended by the Prophet for us. Now, in the condition where you had intention of fasting it, but maybe due to illness or for female, you see your period for that, for that particular time, then the Prophet said, Actions are judged according to intention. So, inshallah, you will get a reward for your good intention. Hope this answers the question. So, concerning the question, how can you make someone believe something when you are in doubt and you are trying not to make excuses? This particular question, I know, it's related to giving dawah. When you're giving dawah and you are trapped and you don't know how to you know, convince someone on maybe some particular point. And this topic of dawah, which I enjoy talking on, especially while with Muslims. Because it is our duty that so many of us have neglected, which is compulsory on every Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Imran, Quran chapter number 3, verse 110, You are the best of people evolved of mankind 
you're enjoying what is good forbidding what is evil and believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this verse talked about Allah giving us a high rank and placing us in a high esteem and naturally anybody placed in any high esteem or given a particular rank must have a particular duty for example let's talk of the president of nigeria he's the number one citizen of citizen of nigeria he has more duty than other people because everybody looks up to him coming down to the classroom the teacher has most more responsibility than the student the teacher is of more esteem than the student the principal is of more esteem than the teacher so the principal has more duties than the teacher coming to your home the father is giving the utmost respect he has more duty than anybody in the house so he's the head of the house now allah gave us this honor and calling us the khaira ummah the best of people ukhridat linnas evolved of mankind so what is our duty what make us attain this honor to mention in the same verse ta'muruna bil ma'ruf enjoin people to do good watanhauna anil munkar forbidden from doing evil watumina billah and believing in allah these should not be compromised with anything at all allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah tawbah quran chapter 9 verse number 24 he says kul in kana abaukum say even if it be your fathers wa abnaukum or your sons wa ikhwanukum or your brothers wa azwajukum or your spouses wa ashiratukum or your kindred wa amwalun ikhtaraftumuha or your wealth in which you've acquired wa tijaratun takhshawna kasadaha or your trade or your commerce in which you fear a decline or your houses in which you delight is more beloved to you than Allah and his messenger and striving in his cause then wait till Allah comes with his decision and Allah guide not the transgressors so this good work of dawa is not to be compromised for anything the first and your priority should be allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and striving in the cause of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so i classify the knowledge of dawa into two category the first is what to deliver and the second is how to deliver the first what to deliver is the knowledge you seek that you want to pass through to others but definitely you can't teach what you don't know so islamically it is compulsory for everybody everybody both male and female to seek for knowledge the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said talab al-ilm faridatu ala kulli muslim wa muslimah 
seeking for knowledge is compulsory on every Muslim male and female. So it is our duty to seek for beneficial knowledge. The best knowledge is the knowledge of Tawheed, the knowledge of Al-Islam, the knowledge of the Deen. That's the best knowledge. And you might want to, before you start giving dawah, you want to you know, gain the bounty of knowledge. I want to be like so-so sheikh or so-so. That's not necessary because it's not possible. Because the knowledge is so wide. So the best thing to do as you learn, you propagate. In short, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in Sahih al-Bukhari, volume number four, Book of Knowledge, Hadith 3461. He said, He said, Convey of me, even if it's a verse, even if it's a sentence, even if it is a letter, you know, teach it to people. The best amongst you are those who learn the Quran and teaches it to others. So we don't have to wait to get the whole bounty of knowledge. In short, speaking on a general note, the best way to retain what you've learned is by practice and teaching people. Not on religious notes, on a general note, the best way to retain what you've learned is by practice and teaching it to people. It's at the peak of the pyramid. And the Prophet said, The best of you is he who learns the Quran and teaches it to others. Now, talking about the second aspect of knowledge while giving dawah is how to deliver. This has been shown to us in several authentic hadiths of the Prophet and even in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, in Surah Al-Imran, Quran number 3, verse number 64, he said, Kul ya ahl al-kitab. Say, O oh, people of the book, Ta'alaw ila kalimatin sawa'in baynana wa baynakum. Come to agreeable terms. Come to common terms as between us and you. An la na'abud illallah. That we worship none but Allah. Wa la nushriku bihi shay'an. And we associate no partner with him. Wa la natakhitha ba'duna ba'da arbaba min dunillah. And we erect not amongst ourselves lords and patrons besides Allah. فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا If then they turn back, فَكُلْ أَشْهَدُ بِأَنَّ مُسْلِمِينَ Say we are Muslims, bow and will to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one of the methods, and I look at this as the main key method of giving dawah. Tawheed. Agreeing that there is one Allah, there is one God. Also, the Quran teaches us to convey the message message with wisdom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah Nahil Quran chapter number 16 verse 125 say invite all to the way of thy Lord with wisdom and beautiful preachings and argue with them in ways that are best and most gracious so here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we should convey this message with wisdom and beautiful preachings. Coming back to the main question, what do you do when you, have, when, when you are caught in a situation where you 
uh, when you, you can't defend yourself on a particular argument, the best is to say you don't know. Don't spread false knowledge. Either you say you don't know, or you refer to the person to, some, to, to, to someone who knows, or you do your research on whatever you want to deliver to the person before talking. It will be more harm to spread false knowledge than good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَاسْأَلْ أَهْلَ الزِّكِرْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask those who know. If you do not know, ask the experts. If you do not know. So you do your research and you get back to the person.